Welcome to a new episode of Athletics for Life podcast. Uh, here we talk about the skills and lessons learned through sports and athletics and what that means for living a long and healthy life. Uh, we interview a variety of guests, anywhere from former alumni to coaches to interesting people in sports. And today we're going to continue to talk about strong first protocols and uh, using implementing kettlebells. Yeah, so we're very proud and honored today to have Jason Avalar on the Ice on the Athletics for Life podcast. Uh, Jason has been a PE teacher for the last eight years at Prescott Junior High in California, and that's considered one of the best physical education schools in the U.S. Uh, Prescott Junior High School was featured in the popular documentary, The Motivation Factor, uh, which stressed the importance of being physically active and explored the unique program uh, founded by La Sierra High School in the 1960s. Yeah, and Jason holds a Bachelor of Science in Physical Education from University of Maryland, as well as a Master's in Best Practices from, from, the, from the National University. Um, He's been a physical education teacher for 12 years, a high school football coach uh, at, uh, as well, a junior high school basketball and track and coach for the last eight years. He's also a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, so a dangerous man. Uh, Jason wrote an article for Strong First, the school of strength called Strong Endurance in Schools to Strengthen the Next Generation. Uh, back in episode eight, we had Brett Jones. Uh, he's the executive director of Strong First on the podcast. Uh, and he talked about how we can implement kettlebells in our athletic and PE programs. Uh, so this is kind of a follow-up to Brett's amazing interview, and we invited Jason on to share his story. Yeah, and what we try to push in Athletics for Life is also not only living, uh, learning through sports, the life skills, but living a long, healthy, and fulfilling life uh, is what we all strive for. And, and, and Strong First, uh, the protocols, they have some great and very simple things you, that you can apply everywhere. Uh, and for everyone, whether you want to improve your general health or if you're a student athlete. Let's go over to Jason. Enjoy today's show. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for uh, being here with us today. Um, very happy that you take the time for us to share your story. Uh, I really enjoyed reading your article on Strong First. Um, we had Brett Jones a couple of months ago on our podcast, uh, Executive Director of Strong First, and that was very cool sharing his tips on kettlebells and uh yeah so my colleague showed me you, you showed me your article and i was like we got to get jason on uh, to share his story so thank you for being here with us uh today oh it's a pleasure joining you guys so thank you for having me yeah jason why don't we just start with a, a brief introduction just tell people who you are kind of where you're at in the world and uh, what you do okay yeah uh, my name is jason avalar i'm a pe teacher at prescott uh, junior high school in modesto california um, I've been teaching there for eight years. This, this year has been crazy. We just finally started coming back and having students come back. So that just happened like two weeks ago. Um, and it's still, we're still not at full capacity there, but students are starting to come back. Um, other than that, I, you know, prior to Prescott, I've taught for four years, just kind of around the area, um, more of like the sports-based model. Um, and like when I got to Prescott, I liked it. I thought it was awesome. Um, but then like, you know, I, then I was like, man, we're not going to play sports very often. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know about this program, you know, then, and, and I knew more about it, but then like, once I got in it, it was like, man, this is insanely awesome. You see all these kids reach their goals on a daily basis and push themselves and 
push their classmates and the leadership and just all the um, awesome stuff we have that come happen at Prescott. Basically, we just like the community that we build and it was built long before I got there. Um, I just knew right away is an extremely special place. So I knew once I got there, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to end up retiring here and hopefully stay here the rest of my career. So. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned the, like the sports-based model. You're talking about how in PE, like often you'd play sports and do kind of like, you know, a, a PE lesson would be training for basketball. Is, is that yeah, what you're exactly. mentioning? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and early in my career, it's like, you know, you go to this P program, maybe stuff is limited. So like, and, and sometimes one play I taught elementary PE and like, we had to like share equipment. So it's like, Hey, you're doing volleyball for six weeks. And it's like, okay. And you do that every day. And, you know, it's fun for a little bit. And if you're a kid that loves playing volleyball, like cool. But even after six weeks, even those kids get sick of it. But even then, if you're a kid that's not very good at it and don't really have a passion for it, you know, two weeks in, it's it's hard to get those kids to buy in and push themselves on a regular basis. And not just volleyball, but basically any sport, whatever you do, you're going to have students that are interested and students that are not. And then when you're doing that on a daily basis, it, it gets challenging to keep those kids motivated. But also, too, for me, it's challenging for me to, like, be excited to go to work every day because two, three weeks in, I'm just like, oh, I, I kind of feel – the same as you guys, I'm ready to move on. So, and so then now at Prescott, it's different then, right? So, what what's the focus at uh, Prescott? How does your a normal PE class run? Yeah, so um, so we're known as like a classical model, and it's a fitness based model. Um, and the way we run, so it's what I love about Prescott is like every day is a, it's different in terms of our main activity, um, even though the beginning is the same. So. Typically, like students will come in, they got five minutes to get changed. Um, if not, there's consequently they got all fours. They got a different warm up they got to do. That's harder than our normal warm up. But as soon as they get dressed and they get outside the locker room, they're expected. That's the expectation. They jog out to their uh, warm up area, and they'll start warm ups. And what's so awesome, like about our school and our community and what we build there, is like, and it, it takes a lot of work early on, but. Um, but like, you know, a month in, it's like the program kind of runs itself. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm usually in there with the kids until five minutes, getting the stragglers out. And usually, you know, I have a couple PE aids, which is ran by students. So I might have a student in the locker room. But as I'm going out to class, my students are already doing warmups. They're already doing all the routines. If some student, you know, if a student forgets like their part of their uniform, like their PE clothes or something, they got a different warmup that's a little bit more challenging. Um, so they, and it, what's cool is like, you don't have to remind them. There's already an expectation they go do it. And, um, you know, early on, it's like, Hey, we'll double the consequences if you're not doing it. But, you know, for the most part, they know like, Oh, I forgot my socks today. So they got to go out and do the numbers. Um, mm -hmm. so they'll be doing warmups. Well, as I get out there and, and depending on the day. So for instance, we do like, so we do four uh, days where we dress out and uh, every Wednesday in the middle of the week, because it's the minimum way to, we don't dress out, but in all those days, it's different. So for example, say my Mondays is my track day. So my students would run um, a 400 meter up to a, a three mile, depending. And we work our way up to the three mile on a Tuesday. 
that might be my weight room day. So we do have a little weight room. Um, it, it was pretty cool. We got some machine weights some free weights, stuff like that. So we can teach kids just the basics of working out. So if they went to a, a regular gym, they would kind of know the basics, you know, and, and get themselves around. Um, so our Wednesdays are a minimum day and that's kind of like our informational day. So that's like when they write what they're doing for the, uh, for the week. And they, you know, if we have like fundraisers or sports events or anything going on, we can kind of promote that at that time. Um, also too, we do what's called like a locker check. So the students have to have everything. They got to sit like in an orderly fashion. They have to have everything, their clothes, everything like nice and neat and folded correctly and all that. And have like 12 to 14 year olds doing that. It's a challenge sometimes. It's like, Hey, you better learn how to fold. Your parents that teach you. You're going to learn here. <laughs> Because like if it's not done correctly, they're going to have consequences. They go, they'll have all fours. They'll get a great cut or something like that. But also, too, that's a double a chance. Like we double check their times that they ran uh, or tests that we, we did in class. So it's a way like to make sure they're staying on top of their points and times and everything. Um, but also, too, like there's not a discrepancy because if we weren't checking that a lot of times, maybe they might think they're like at 30 points when they're really like at 22 points, something like that. Um, Thursdays say, so that might be my open field day. So early in the year, you know, we'd probably use that as like an extra test day, maybe doing more like upper body tests, like push-ups, sit-ups, standing long jump. Uh, we do like a 50 yard dash, um, uh, like a shuttle run or stuff of that nature. So a different type of physical fitness test. Uh, that might be, or then later, later in the year, that might change. So that might be my sports day where I have a, a field, an open field, like to play football or soccer or something of that nature. Then say Fridays are my gym day. So my gym day early in the year, we're probably doing a sport like volleyball or basketball. Um, and the second half of the year, that might be our test day. So typically we have like three fitness days a week. And we have one sports day and usually our sports day though, like when we get to that sports lesson, those kids are like excited because yeah, we might have six weeks of volleyball, but really they're only playing it like, five to six times. So there's a little bit more incentive. Even if someone that's not that excited about it, they're only doing it for six weeks and usually you get those kids to buy in at least get some effort. So, mm -hmm. Jason, we talked uh, with Brad Jones about the, uh, you know, kettlebells and the benefits to carry over the, what the hell effect. And uh, he talked about how to implement it in our athletics programs and PE programs. How did, how did you get started with strong first protocols? Um, Cause you described them in your article um, and why, what's the benefit? What do you think the benefits of them are in your program? Uh, yeah. So how I got started. So actually in strong first leadership, uh, he's actually a good friend of mine too. And someone that trained me for a little bit, um, his name is Mike Souza. He's a yeah, strong first leadership. He would be an awesome guy to interview too. And then in the future, he's, he's worked with, um, high school athletes and he, and he has all types of different clients too. He's a personal trainer, but anyways, I was training with him. And he actually kind of heard about Strong First and he went to a seminar. Then um, me and my coworker, uh, Alex Johnson, were training with Mike. And Mike's like, hey, I'm going to put you guys through this and we're going to test your results and all that. So we went through the, the basic protocol 33, the snatch push-up uh, protocol with, um, with uh, Strong Endurance. Then, yeah, my numbers shot. I can't remember exactly. I want to say... I can't remember exactly what my numbers. I know my push-up numbers were like 22 push-ups before I wore out. Then I got up to like 34 push-ups without wearing out. Um, snatches. I want to say, 
I can't remember exactly what the test was, but I, there was definitely some obvious improvement in just like a short week period. And I was like, I was just asking them. And for us, we don't have kettlebells. And due to COVID, we were actually in the process, me and uh, Alex were in the process of getting a kettlebell or Strong First certified in kettlebells. Um, we were going to do that, like I think like September or something, but due to COVID, everything got shut down. Yeah. Um, but we were planning on doing that and bringing kettlebells in the Prescott and doing the protocols with kettlebells with our more athlete, uh, elite athletes. But also, too, we're going to start bringing kettlebells into our uh, general population. And, and maybe not all kids can do properly do a swing or a snatch or something. But we're going to start off with a goblet squat and um, and like carries like farmers carries and stuff of that nature um, and deadlifts, too. We're planning on implementing that into our weight room. So our, the plan is to bring kettlebells into Prescott. Um, hopefully in the next year or so, I'll get kettlebell certified and we can bring that aboard. But talking about the strengths and um, advantages, I mean, teaching kids how to do a swing or how to carry weight at a very early age, we could be extremely beneficial. Just us doing the protocols with push-ups. So I, I changed it for them since we didn't have weights. We just, we did push-ups and we did sprints. And I mean, the numbers were just insane and really just across the board. And that article, I talked about more of like our elite athletes. That's who I had most time with. Um, then all the, you know, the program's mainly meant for elite athletes. Um you know, you got to be able to do push-ups and be explosive and stuff of that nature. So they saw huge improvements. But as the year went on, we started bringing in more of like, not necessarily our average, but maybe our above average athletes. And they started seeing big improvements as well. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, potentially kind of recreating that at another school? I know you had mentioned that you, you have a good culture at uh, Prescott and it's kind of, uh, it was built before you got there. Um, how would, how would this work to kind of transplant it from kind of what you're doing and, and do something similar, like, uh, you know, at Jeff or my school, and then yeah, what, I mean, what tips would you have for trying to, uh, to do something like that or start something like that? Yeah. The main thing I would say is definitely get, if you can get admin and get their approval, I think that would be huge having like just strong backing from admin. That's how it started at Prescott. I just know if, uh, we had an administrator that was just awesome and he was all on board with the, us building the program or Mark Wilson, uh, the original PE teacher at Prescott was like in the early late sixties, early seventies. He, he did everything. I mean, they built the structures, all that stuff to build it. So having strong admins, extremely important to back it up. Um, if I, and I know my coworker, Alex Johnson is actually working on like a, more of like a youth, uh, program. So try to build a program early. Um, so he's trying to do like a K eight program, but mainly or K six. So it's kind of building the building block so you can start it Then everyone can see the benefits. So admin can see the benefits that parents can see the benefits of their kids going through, you know, a more difficult, more challenging program. And um, then, then take that on the junior high. I, I think there will be, I don't know how things are there. I just know in California or here in the United States, you brought on this program and we deal with some backlash every year. It's like, Oh, you guys are running this military program. That's way too hard. It's only meant for elite athletes type of thing. But usually once that initial phase 
goes through and the kids, the kids, their self-esteem grows, even the, you know, are slower, not as athletic athletes, they see constant improvement throughout the year. Um, and their, you know, their parents see that they see their, them becoming just more, um, just self-confident and more disciplined. And that, that carries over in the classroom. So some kids, maybe that struggle with grades that, you know, and then now they start getting good grades and stuff like that because they're starting to learn that like hard work actually pays off and they can see the benefits of it. But yeah, I think the main thing is if you can get admin support, if you can build parent support somehow and say, Hey, this is going to be a challenging program, but I guarantee your kids are going to get a lot out of it. And, um, and we will show you the results and we'll see that in a short period of time. Then I think it can be successful. But I think without, I mean, obviously you need to have, I trust these two guys, but you got to have strong teachers and strong leadership too and running it. And, and I think you need those three things, but he said one time or another, one of those things are going to fall off. You know, like even us, we have the super strong program. We have maybe, you know, 15 to 20% of our population either had, um, you know, the parents either had kids that already been in the program or the parents were like ex Prescott, uh, ex Prescott students themselves. But again, we do have some parent backlash and, and some complaints and stuff for the way we run things. But again, usually pretty early on in the process, a lot of those parents see the results with their with their own us with their own kids. Jason, you um, you guys got a trunk system where they go up in color. Uh, I can see already the backlash I would get uh, for that uh, for that program uh, from parents and my admin. What do you guys do with some of the students that don't go up? as uh, up as fast or they cannot reach certain levels um, do they still get valued for the progress they've been making can you talk a little bit about that uh, whole process yeah absolutely and you know the trunk program is awesome and that's what we're known for but that's to me that's a very small percentage of our program honestly on a good year we might have 20 or 30 percent of our population actually get their next color trunks our program is actually built on um doing your personal best so for example Say we run a 400 meter and first time we run that student gets a two minute, two minutes on that, you know, and in our test, the boy or girl, that, that wouldn't be any points. But the next time they run it, say they run a 158. So even just two seconds faster. Well, that shows improvement. So like and the way we do that, we'll like they'll get a star for that. So these, we have little stars they can put on their shirts. And they get recognized for that. And, and we make a big deal with it, too. And then also, too, that we give them like this, um, like monetary thing. So we have these things called Prescott Prides. They're almost like school bucks or whatever that they can buy, like school prizes or uh, get in a raffle or something like that. But then a big part of that is the kids are seeing their personal improvement. So a lot of kids, some kids will buy in the stars and it's pretty cool. They'll, you know, they'll make cool designs on their shirts and stuff of that nature. Um, and they'll like come in, they'll be super excited. They earn a star. Um, but also too, I think a lot of it, some students are just excited to push themselves. They never come in for a star, but they see the constant improvement throughout a year or two years. And, um, you know, it's very beneficial. And then also too, we have a, a most improved award for, and it's only for eighth grade students. So students that came their seventh grade year into their eighth grade year. And it's insane every year to see how much these kids come along. I remember one year we had a student that his first mile he ran, and he was a hardworking kid. He ran like something like a 14 minute mile. Then as an eighth grader, he was like in like 
610 miles. They made like an eight minute improvement on his mile time. I was like, oh, and that's like a regular basis where these kids are making these just massive jumps. But again, you just give them a little bit of success and then their self-confidence goes up. Then they realize like, I I can do way more than I was capable of. Do you find that um, you've got a little bit more buy-in with maybe some of those some of those athletes that aren't as athletic or some of your students that aren't as, uh, you know, as traditionally successful in a PE class with this system compared to like a sports-based one? 100%. Because in a sports-based program, if you're not a great athlete, you know, when you're playing football, you're probably never going to get the ball and you're just kind of standing there. Then it becomes not as important. Um, in terms of like just overall buy-in again, when they're seeing improvement and they're pushing themselves their classmates. And again, we build like a strong community. So it's like, it's all for one, one for all. And that's a model we use all the time at Prescott. And even like our gold trunkers, every single one of those guys or girls have gotten their gold or purple trunks. They've had someone help them along the way. It's, it's amazing. You know, we might have a gold trunker. They're trying to run the three mile and we'll have a white trunker out there pacing them because they're better at that one particular, um, event and vice versa you know we'll have our best athletes we're running like we run up to a three miles at prescott so they will have a three mile run day our best athletes you know they'll bust their tail they'll get done they'll get like a four minute time you know four not four minute but four point time on their three mile they might go get a sip of water and then those kids are back on the track helping their uh their classmates that aren't as advanced as them but they'll you know sometimes those kids are running probably five six miles on a given day because they're back on the track helping their classmates finish finish their mile or three mile run. So we build that culture where they constantly help each other, but they also push each other to do their very best. And it's almost it's like a positive peer pressure because you got everyone buying in. So the one one or two or three students that don't buy in, they stick out like a sore thumb. And a lot of the times we can we can get those kids that eventually buy in. Jason, how do you, um, in our podcast, we talk always about, you know, athletics for life, the life skills that you learn through sports. Um, how do, what do you see uh, when the kids leave your school? You know, do you see any social emotional benefits or what kind of benefits do they take away once they leave Prescott and have been in your program? Yeah, we see a lot of students um, that actually take on like leadership roles. They join, we have like, um, like FFA with the, uh, Future Farmers of America, FBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. A lot of them will join like debate teams because also too, like, yeah, we do sports and stuff at Prescott. But one thing like what's awesome about us is we basically kind of run the school culture of our school. So we kind of run discipline, all that. And teachers know that. So even a math teacher, English teacher, something like that, they know that. And if they know a kid's like they're doing awesome in PE, but they're struggling in class, maybe they're acting up or something. A lot of times they'll talk to us. It's not like we'll come in and chew those kids out, but it's like, we'll have a conversation with them. Like, Hey, what's going on? You know, you're, you do great in PE. You push yourself. Why, why are you struggling um, in this area or why, you know, and it's just really kind of building those relationships with them. Um, kind of get them the, we see a lot of students that, you know, maybe they didn't get good grades and also they're graduating with like a 4.0 or, or a three point with very high grades. Um, so a lot of them do go into leadership roles. Also, too, you're talking about kids uh, that go. It's, 
kind of funny every year, every single year, uh, we'll have students that maybe didn't push themselves as hard as they wish they did at Prescott, or maybe we're kind of mess around goofballs in, in a sense. And they'll come back and be like, man, I really miss Prescott PE. I wish our PE program, I wish we did this in high school. Can I come back? It's like, hey, you had your chance. We tried telling you, but a lot of them too, they never experienced PE before because they don't have, we don't have like an elementary PE program for our, there's some in California, but it's not a mandatory thing. Um, so a lot of them never really experienced it. So we tell them you're at this special place. You guys will not understand it until you leave. And they always come back. You're like, oh my goodness, I wish I would have pushed myself. It's like, we told you, you know, but hey, maybe take that, take the experience you learn at Prescott and try to build with that. So how have you handled the the shutdown? You said you're just recently coming back. Um, what did you do to kind of adapt your program or to help the kids when they're kind of stuck at home and uh, with all the uncertainty and stuff? What what did you do and how did you kind of face that? Yeah, gosh, well, I would say it's more difficult on me than maybe them. I don't know. Just not because just not being around, like just kids constantly reaching their goals and pushing themselves. But in terms of what we did, we actually, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Original Strength. Um, me and my coworker, Alex Johnson, kind of went off the Original Strength model, which basically Original Strength, it's really cool. And it's ran by uh, Tim Anderson and Danny Almeida. Um, basically, it's like their um, motto is pressing reset. So, and I actually have a one and a half year old daughter. But basically what it is, is reteaching our basic um, our basic movement skills we learn that are hardwired in our brain as babies. And I watching my daughter develop, I know exactly she went, she did all these things. So from head nods to head turns to getting up on, you know, on your elbows and, and uh, just doing it or just getting that position to crawling to um, all types of just like body weight things. Um, but things that we do naturally as babies, but press and reset and teaching kids how to, to do that. Um, not only we did that, we've done that in our PE programming too, and, and see huge improvements in kids, um, especially in, in terms of like upper body lifts, because when you're doing crawling, you're connecting both sides, plus they're pretty difficult exercises. And we see really a lot of improvement, not just like an upper body, but also running because you're working on coordination. Um, keeping proper body alignment and stuff of that nature. But a lot of it, we did focus a lot of OS with original strength. Uh, I did do, we did do some of the, um, of, uh, the strong endurance protocol as well. I did that a little bit, especially after my article came out and we'll talk about it. Uh, we did that with our students in class as well. So, but that was, it was mainly that following that OS model, then doing just a lot of body weight stuff just on zoom and, you know, it, nowhere near the buy-in is a normal PE year. Um, but, you know, we did hit, get kids that came back and worked hard. And actually, some of those students are actually seeing the benefits now as we're starting to retest kids and stuff of that nature. We get a few uh, in our podcast, too. Sorry. We uh, we talked to alumni who went to our schools. It's always great to talk to them. And uh, some of them went to the Navy to Annapolis uh, from Mongolia. They represent Mongolia at the Navy Academy in the U.S., uh, we have some kids who go to West Point. Um, could you share a success story with us from some of your students who went off and uh, did some great things when they left Prescott? I'm trying to think. Yeah, 
I know we've had, I remember a student, Shannon, she, she was like on the debate team in her high school and she went on and like kind of national level in terms of debate. And she, that was one, probably one of the hardest kids I've ever had at Prescott. Um, and that level, I know, and again, I've only been there eight years. So my students, I don't have students have even graduated college yet. Um, I'm trying to think, I know like I have uh, one of our ex soccer players. It's like, um, he's like starting to do like professional soccer um, or starting to go through the ranks of that. Uh, the student lawn to competed for the, the Boston marathon. Um, so yeah, in terms of my students, again, they're all still pretty young and they're going through their, you know, their, um, their career, they haven't got to their career yet. So it's kind of hard to know with a lot of them. Um, I know too, but at Prescott, we've had like Olympians. Uh, I think we want to say like three or four ex Olympians. Um, I know we have a, a gold medal in a uh, gold medaler, uh, say Aaron Cafaro. She was, um, in, uh, rowing. Um, and we've had a, a wrestler, uh, stuff of that nature but yeah in terms of my students again they're they're pretty young uh how do you see it uh kind of what you're doing in pe translate into uh kind of sports and their their success in you know maybe sports at in the middle school level or even the high school level um do you see that like uh the prescott athletes tend to be more prepared or like, uh, how, how does it translate into, you know, playing sports, kind of organized sports coming from uh, that sort of PE uh, approach? Yeah. So in terms of like our students, so I actually coach, I coach basketball track. Um, so usually like sports wise, we do very well in sports, um, mainly like we usually do well in basketball, um, wrestling, and then in track and field, we we usually dominate in the area. And the big reason why is just, well, we run so much. So when we get into track and field, you know, our kids are ready to compete, but also too, it's just building that discipline and, um, and just work ethic. So when we show up to practice, you know, the kids are already bought in and they know they're going to come in, they're going to work and we're going to get out of there. So, you know, our relay teams almost dominate our jumpers are, um, long distance runners. I mean, we usually just do a tremendous job in track and field. That's probably where we show the most, even though we do well in other sports. Um, and a lot of it is, again, it's the discipline and hard work. And also too, we like, we don't have to condition our athletes. It's not like, Oh, after practice, we're conditioning. They're conditioned in, in school. Um, and where we got our program from too, in La Sierra high, that's a Dan DePrado, uh, who is the P teacher there in their late sixties, early seventies was like, he said the same thing. Like he coached football and their football teams did very well. It's like, we didn't have to work on conditioning. Our students or our athletes were already conditioned in terms of athletes. After we've had some, some athletes, we have a few D one athletes. We have a student playing our, uh, at, um, Arizona state. He was actually my first year. His name's Bobby. He's a quarterback there. He got a scholarship out there. Uh, another student got a scholarship at Brown university in the Ivy league, uh, playing football. Um, that has, soccer player um i'm trying to think but you you know typically do pretty well the one disadvantage of that though which it kind of it makes me upset sometimes is like our feeder high schools 
don't carry on our program. And it's like, I don't get it. It's like you get a large percentage of our kids coming in. You can build this awesome program, which would make it would make your life a lot easier in the long run because you would get and you would get way more out of it. And it would be easy to implement because you already have a strong foundation. Now, not all of our kids go to their school, but you have a strong foundation of kids that are going to push themselves and other kids are going to follow. But the fact that they don't follow, it's kind of what I talked about with the teachers. If you don't have teachers that are going to buy in and push with it, then it's it, the program kind of falls off. And it's like, and that's one thing too. I talked a lot about myself, the program, but we have a four teacher program. So all four of us, stick together. We run the program together. We all do the same thing in a particular week type of thing. So all the students get the benefits of the program, not just my PE students or another PE teacher's students or whatever. So We work in the uh, international circuit, Jason. A lot of these international schools, they just, you know, drop a beautiful fitness facility there and then just, you know, they don't really know what to do with it. Strong first, I really like the simplicity of it. That's maybe something that the whole pandemic taught us. You can just do it from everywhere, right? It's very simple. What is some? What is your favorite protocol uh, to use with your athletes or, or with your students? What's your favorite protocol? Yeah, I mean, the strong endurance that I used with them is, is probably my favorite. It's very beneficial. It's very easy to manage. Um, and it, I mean, it works. Also, too, and I talked in the article is the um the pull or the fighter pull-up program and i do that with our general ed students too it's like you know we send that out to everybody and it's and i'll like if a kid doesn't understand it, it's like look i'll write it out for you and show you exactly the days and the benefit and also too like at the end of the year it's like hey if you guys want to work out for the summer you know our seventh graders are doing well and they're hard working and they want to push themselves it's like, I'll give them workouts for the summer. But again, it's basically um, strength, strong endurance and uh, the fighter pull-up program. I, I basically stick with those two for the most part in terms of protocols. Um, we, again, though, we do a lot of the original strength stuff with crawling. Uh, crawling is just an unbelievable exercise. Um, then we also, too, we work a lot of body weight squats, too. And as I tell kids, if you know how to squat and you know how to crawl, and you do those things very well, it's going to translate and it's going to make you a more efficient mover and a more efficient athlete in the long run or just overall. What advice would you have? You know, I'm just thinking about, you know, some of our students, um, like my PE classes, we have the PE once a week. Um, and I am the, the middle school and high school program. So it's like, I, I just see them all. Um, and, but I'm sure there there are some athletes who who do want to train every day and do like kind of uh, push themselves. Uh, what advice would you have for for maybe some uh, students who are are listening or watching and uh, how to kind of implement something like this on their own? Yeah, um, I, I would honestly like maybe the one day you meet with them because I think on their own, it'd probably be a little bit hard. I think if, if mm -hmm. they were given something and I, that's one thing I learned in the pandemics, like early on, we did like these PE logs and I was like, Hey, do this workout. And it's like, well, I, I can barely even think of a workout I could do myself. I'm like contacting old trainers and stuff like that. So, but if you can kind of give them the format, honestly, the strong endurance is a very simple one. They can do that one two days a week uh, on their own. Then, then again, if I, I strongly suggest like, 
implementing OS or original strength because it'll work with all those. It'll work people of all ability levels and all all types of students. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe they have an original strength day where they're working on just body movement, rolling, um, stuff of that nature, but implementing a lot of crawling and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, then you can do like push-ups, sit-ups, some calisthenic type of stuff. Um, then maybe one day it's just, just all mobility. So you're doing a lot of stretching, um, and stuff of that nature. So, but that I would strongly suggest, yeah, kind of going maybe original with strong endurance and doing that two days a week, then implementing some original, because original strength too is going to be a lot of mobility stuff too. So even though they're not staying in a static stretch, they're going to get a lot of uh, mobility benefits by doing a lot of the, the movements. Okay. Jason, we, um, I was, uh, I was talking to my PE teacher last week and, uh, you, in your article, you wrote about your advisory class and he wants to implement something like that, you know, get the kids moving in the morning. Can you, can you, can you talk a little bit about your advisory program? Cause I found it very interesting in your article. Yeah, it was awesome. So, and honestly for me, it's like when, when we, so what happened was like, um, yeah, they, they threw this class at us and they're like, oh yeah, you have to make your own curriculum type of thing. So it's was like, we're doing sports. And I was like, man, then yeah, after doing that protocol with, uh, with, with Mike, it was like, okay, shoot, let's, let's try this. So, um, but yeah, it's a 33 minute class and it works perfect with strong endurance because the workout takes about 28 minutes. So it's like, okay, you know, you roll real quick and let's go, you know, um, then, yeah, we had the space. And also, too, I talked about 20-yard sprints. We did some different stuff, too. We did, like, uphill sprints, downhill sprints at times, um, and stuff of that nature. But in terms of, yeah, if you can build in maybe a 30-minute area in, in class where they, they just go through the movements, and they can do it in their school clothes, or what it's like our students didn't dress out for it. Um, mm. Then we did that two days a week. But also, too, the other two days, that's where we did a lot of the fighter pull-up program uh stuff but also we did some other things too like i would do some of the tests so we had like ladder or also known as monkey bars it'd be like hey do it as fast as you can mainly to get the rhythm technique and just like the explosion of it and also too that really helped with like their ladder movements i, I don't know if everyone could do that but in terms of the class i think if you could build that maybe two days a week for your students i think that would be benef beneficial as well is that class in the morning or is it just, what, what time is it at the day? Yeah, good question. So it's in, it's towards the end of the day. It, it's been played around, but as of now in the last few years, it's towards the end. So it's the second, the last period of the day. And the basis of what it's designed for, it was like, you know, if a kid, the student's struggling in math or struggling in science or whatever, they can go and get extra help in that class. Well, you have a bunch of kids aren't struggling anything. So to try to give them, you know, something to work on. So kids, actually, students actually pick the class. Then I was able to handpick some of those kids, especially early on, because we had to get more of our elite athletes in it. You know, I couldn't have a student that couldn't do a push-up in the class or it wouldn't work or it just wouldn't be beneficial. Then it would kind of be more of like a disturbance than more than anything. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I totally answered the question. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so we are trying to uh, our advisory is mainly in, in the morning. So I think these principles are so simple 
to do any time of the day actually and uh, so yeah that's great to implement and all the students watching right now and you know we're having all the fighter pull up and uh, and all i put everything in the in the description to get some more information on these programs uh, you talked a little bit already uh, about getting some kettlebells for your school what is the next step for your program what do you would like to go to the next five years what do you would like to implement yeah, great question. So the next thing, that's it. That's part of it is I want to get the kettlebells and start doing strong endurance with kettlebells. Um, not just strong endurance, but teaching like get-ups, you know, some base, simple stuff, maybe like windmill stuff like that to get our more advanced students and maybe start progressing that more into our weight room. Uh, also, too, I want to add more like club type stuff, especially with the pandemic. We have like small businesses that, you know, got hurt and stuff. So and I love your guys' motto, Athletics for Life, is like, you know, we want our students to be lifelong participants and be physically active, not just with us, but, hey, find a passion in that and do that the rest of your life. So I, I've been talking to our teachers recently. Is like, hey, maybe because we always do. So at our school, we do a weight room day or excuse me, a wrestling day. So in wrestling, that's one of our sports we do at Prescott, too. But we'll do like a wrestling demo and we'll show kids like uh, double leg takedown and sprawling and we'll have them like wrestle against each other. And these kids are like, oh, this is awesome. I wish we did wrestling. Then with that, like I wanted to uh, like add like a local jujitsu day. So maybe have like, uh, you know, a trainer at a jujitsu gym or a professor come show up and, you know, maybe work some basic stuff. Maybe we're not working submission stuff like that, but just to learn like jujitsu, maybe a student will find a passion in jujitsu, um, have a yoga day. So have, you know, a small business, uh, uh, that owns a yoga, a yoga studio, same thing, have them show up and it, maybe we'll find some students that are passionate about yoga and maybe join that studio in the future or their parents will join. Um, so trying to add more stuff like that to get more students to find their passion. So, you know, they might not be passionate about running, but they're passionate about working out or they're passionate about jujitsu or wrestling or, um, so trying to implement more of like our community. Um, also to just kind of, I don't know with the whole black lives matter and with police and stuff like that, trying to involve like our local police kind of bring them involved. Maybe we do like a charity basketball game type of stuff build more community, not just Prescott, but our community in Modesto, try to build that and make that stronger as well. Yeah, and especially after this whole COVID situation, the lockdowns, you know, and especially for our international schools, we're very like in a bubble sometimes. So we, I'm, I'm definitely looking next year to you know, get some of these people in our school to connect more with the, with the, with the community, uh, especially because Mongolia is a fighter nation, you know, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, judo, CD's a wrestler. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Probably tell about my cauliflower ear. <laughs> yeah. I'm hiding mine under the headphones. Yeah. I don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh no, that's great that you kind of expose kids to that. Cause you know, even thinking back, for me, you know, Jeff mentioned I'm, I'm a wrestler, but I didn't start wrestling till I was in ninth grade. And it was just kind mm -hmm. of an off the mark or off the cuff uh, suggestion from a friend of mine. who's like, you know, you'll, you'll stay in great shape for wrestling. I was a runner. And so I just started wrestling to stay in shape and then kind of fell and found my passion and went on to college to wrestle. And then when I was looking for international jobs, Mongolia offered me a job. First thing typing Mongolia into Wikipedia and Google is like, you know, they love wrestling. So it's like, yeah, I think I'll go there and try it out. And 
So, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, some of your kids have a similar experience and not necessarily with wrestling, but just being exposed to different things and finding their passion. No, that's great. Yeah, for sure. And then that wrestling day too. And unfortunately, just the way it works out because we have our basketball season, we can't get those mats out soon enough, but we usually do it after wrestling season started. So a lot of those students are like, Oh, can we join wrestling? It's like, well, you can join next year when you join a club or you can join a club or whatever. But yeah, given that exposure, and then we do have a lot of those kids that will join wrestling that next year, either with us or if they move on to high school or whatever. But then I'm thinking like we add jujitsu, it's like, well, maybe our wrestlers that don't have, you know, maybe they can't join a club. It's too hard or too expensive. They can join a local jujitsu gym. It's going to make them better at wrestling. Um, or someone might not really care for wrestling, but then they see an avenue of jujitsu and they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But really just trying to give them as many uh, exposures to fitness as possible. And so they, again, they, they stay uh, active for the rest of their lives. Jason, for, uh, we're going near the end of our interview. Uh, we don't want to take too much of your time uh, this lovely afternoon for you. What is the easiest way to implement some of your protocols, techniques uh, that Prescott is doing for any schools, ADs, or coaches watching right now, P teachers? What are some of the simple things to start with? I'm trying to think simplest. So the number one thing you got to do is you have to have a high standard. You can't start easy, then work your way up. It's got to be the opposite. It's got to be hard. And you got to let them know, like, you know, we tell our kids first day, you're running a three mile this year and like, Oh, what? But it's like, you're going to do it. And we're going to build you up to it. We guarantee you, if you listen to us and work with us, we're going to get you there in terms of easy Again, the buy-in in terms of just building that strong community, we do not put up with any type of bullying or um, like making fun or anything because we're all at different levels. And basically just kind of building that community. I don't know if it's necessary. It's not easy at first, but as soon as you get it built, it becomes easy. I always feel like second half of the year, I'm walking out to the role to doing warm-ups and it's like, like what am I doing here this these kids they can run this class without me and it's they honestly can like I if I wasn't there they would probably if they knew what they were doing someone would take charge and they would run the class um but really it's just building that strong culture but again having those high standards early on because you know students are always gonna you have those high standards maybe some students down here well the student down here he's work at our program is going to work much harder than a student that the program's way down here, then they're going to try to find a shortcut, you know? Um, but I, that's why I'd strongly suggest is just building that strong foundation early with, you know, strong standards. Um, then again, building that community, Hey, we're all for one, one for all, we're all here to help each other type of thing, you know? And like early in the year, that last student that's running the, the 400 meter, you know, the whole class is cheering for him. And then it starts with, yeah, I'll say, hey, let's cheer for them. And then they, our leaders will cheer for him. You know, we might have some students that will go run back out there and they'll run with them and stuff like that. But building that strong culture, again, it builds confidence throughout. And that goes with everything, not just our run days, but that goes with our weight room days, our uh, workout days, our um, uh, sports days, especially too, you know, the super unathletic kid that's not playing, you know, doesn't get the ball very much. Well, in our class, they do get the ball because they're a part of the class. And, um, and the students, not like we have to get on them about it. They just know it's like, Hey man, let's build this kid up. Then all of a sudden you got those kids working hard and stuff of that nature too. 
We had a great sorry, see the young man. We had a Go great ahead, talk. Jeff, yeah. But we had a great talk with a uh, with Dr. Richard Young on our previous podcast. He's a sports scientist. He works with the New Zealand national team. And he was talking about this, you know, ownership, self-awareness to become a high performer. And that's exactly what you're describing right now. That support system around them. Now the kids become their, you know, peer coaches almost. And then uh, the self-awareness and then that inner drive. That's great. To, that's, that's great to hear. Yeah. Really cool. One thing too, I was just popped in my head too, is and to give them though, so they can see their improvement. So we give them point charts, but also has like a running log and a test log. So they keep track of all their runs and tests. So giving them a visual too will make it easier because, you know, if they ran a, like me, I have no idea. I don't remember my mile times and I couldn't have told you when I was in running the mile, what I got the previous mile, but having that visual, it's, that's also going to give them um, a little extra motivation. So now they can see their improvement. It's like, like, whoa, I made the two minute difference in my mile time this year, that type of thing. So I think that's important too. So if you can somehow give them a visual in one way, shape, or form, I think that's that helps make it a lot easier. And it helps them see that progress too. So um, how important are those Wednesdays? I'm just thinking you mentioned Wednesdays are the writing days, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, yeah, it's like our informational day. Yeah. So is that where they kind of go through their times and they they can see those trends? Because um, Jeff mentioned Richard Young, and he, one thing he mentioned was like your personal diary and writing out like what went well, what didn't go well, and how that can really help kids or help athletes kind of see the big picture. Um, so I'm just curious, like how vital are those Wednesdays for you? Maybe the days where they're not doing anything. Um, you know, they're not they're not physically active, but they're they're writing it down. They can see, okay, my mile time's gone down, or my push-ups have gone up. Um, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious at how how big of a role those play for you. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, we, our thing too is like when we're going to get done testing, like they'll write it down because if they don't have their time written down, like those there's a consequence for that. But um, but no, I think it is big because we see them too. And it's like, hey, awesome, man! Like you made a five second difference in your in your four meter, like your your 400 meter. Come get your star today. Like keep up the good work. Or maybe it was a student that's kind of been walking all year but they built themselves up. Now they did a, a mile without walking. It's like, man, that's awesome. So you can kind of give them some instant gravi- gratification that way, rather than like, maybe because if other than that, I, you know, if they didn't come in for a star, I might not notice that or remember to tell them that. So the, the fact that like we see that and we see their chart, it's like, Oh, awesome, man. You earned a star. Good job. You know? Um, also to kind of talking what you guys are talking about. Uh, we do like, goals and stuff like that. We do talk to students about setting goals. They can earn stars that way too. So, you know, set a realistic goal. Then when they set that goal, they'll make a new goal and they'll make a new goal and we'll give them more goal sheets and stuff of that nature. So we do talk about goal setting, writing it down. is very important. Is writing down a goal and trying to achieve that goal. You teach them some very valuable skills, you know, that diary, you know, that self-awareness and, uh, you know, that's that goal setting. It's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. I think the kids will really benefit that when they leave your school, they can apply that to everything they're doing. Right. So that's really interesting. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it does transfer over the two. I mean, normally our students that's buy in or a P program, usually their grade point average goes way up or they're already high achievement students. They, they work even harder and, 
then also do, we always talk about joining club. Don't just join sports, join clubs throughout school. Find find something else that you're passionate. In. Yeah, as long as you Definitely. can link it with something else, right? Then you can get admin behind you. That's that's very important. Yeah, for sure. But also too, it's like it just builds a culture throughout the entire school. So not just Prescott PE, yeah. but Prescott all together. No, that's great. I think that's uh that's a great spot to kind of wrap it up too. Uh, do you have any uh, closing closing words, either for uh, for young athletes or tips or anything that maybe has been on the tip of your tongue but haven't had a chance to to share? Yeah, sure. You know, all of us that are successful in life, you know, I know for me for sure that I've failed more than I've been successful, and even just my experience in in teaching, you know, those those other jobs I had, I, I might not have been the best at it. And it wasn't, maybe I wasn't, not because I wasn't working hard, but it just wasn't a great fit for me. So if you're not successful in something, just keep trying. And, you know, maybe you're not good at a certain sport or a certain skill, but keep working, try to get better and try to progress. Um, and But keep fighting and trying to find your goals and passions in life. Do that. You're going to end up being successful no matter what. You're going to end up finding it if you keep fighting for it. Jason, I just want to finish with one little thing. Uh, Are you working personally on a new article or on something else in sports, you know, a different sport or kettlebells, or is there any personal goals you're working on right now? So, yeah, my, so my coworker, like I mentioned before, Alex Johnson's doing like the, the elementary programming of it. So I've been helping him in that process. But then also too, knowing like helping him and trying to help grow this program because both of us are trying to just build this. And we're kind of going on our own, but also working together at the same time. So, you know, and then when, after I wrote the strong first article, they were like, oh man, that's awesome job, good job. And I was like, hey, you know, when we get kettlebells, I'm gonna be writing another one. So yeah, I, I plan on writing another article for strong first, but also too with, um, yeah, the possibility of, you know, after Alex writes his article or his, uh, excuse me, publishes his book on the, this Prescott P program for elementary is maybe it's kind of building off of that and writing my own. Um, because Alex and I, we, we both have our strengths and weaknesses, but we use those to, we use our strengths to help each other, but also too, we do have different strengths. So kind of venture off. So, you know, I'm more of like a sports with like you know uh, movement in terms of um with strength and speed and agility alex is probably more his strengths more like mobility or the original strength model so it's maybe writing something more in the line of of like strength endurance and, and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature jason i uh i really want to thank you for taking the time to, sh- to talk with us today it's 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 interesting we talk to many different people from different backgrounds uh, but they all have one thing in common is that they want our kids. We, we want our kids to be successful in life once they leave us, you know, and they go out uh, off to other ventures. Um, you got some very interesting tips for P departments, athletic directors to implement in their programs. Um, I can see you have an amazing passion for what you do. So thank you for sharing that today with us. And uh, yeah, it was lovely to talk to you. And I look forward to your new article. <laughs> I'll read it for sure. Oh, thank you guys very much for having me. Yeah. And I mean, again, if we can get this program to spread like a wildfire, I'm telling you, people all over the world will benefit and it will make our world a better place too, because we, you know, we're in this like me, 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 
I deserve this, I deserve that. At least here in the United States, it's like, no, it's for one, it's way more gratifying when you earn it. Um, but if people were earning it just collectively as a community and helping each other, we would we'd have a much better place. Oh, definitely. That's awesome, Jason. Thanks a lot for your time, man. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thank you guys for having me. Jason, have a good, uh, have a good, have, have a good evening, and we'll have, and we and we talk soon. Thank All you. Right, thank you, guys. Bye, bye. All right, we just finished up our interview with uh, Jason Avalar, a uh, PE teacher at uh, Prescott in California, and uh, it was an awesome interview, um, just about his program there and what they're doing in their their PE classes. And uh, it just reminded me a lot of uh, my time. I worked at a, a wrestling camp, Jay Robinson res- intensive wrestling camps. And at those camps, the kids would earn a shirt at the end. And so they had points. And he mentioned like if they didn't have their kit, they would get marked down. If, uh, if they you know, didn't write down their times, they would get there's consequences for that. Right. And so similar things would happen at the Jay Robinson camp where the kids would kind of get scored like they had to have their name on the back of their shirt. They had to have their water bottle. They had to have you know, everything organized. They had to be there on time, lined up kind of ready to go. It was very, very strict, very, very, you know, military style. Uh, but then they would, they would get points and then everything they got marked down for would take away from these points. And then if they push themselves at practice, they'd get a positive. Uh, and the positives were fairly rare. I think in, in a school setting, you would definitely need to have much more positives given out than uh, at these wrestling camps. But the, uh, the positives were like, Hey, you worked really hard. And then if a kid got a positive, they could come to the camp store that evening and get a, a t-shirt that said, I'm going to be somebody. So similar to, to Jason and his stars, where if the kids you know did better, they would get a star that they could put on their shirt. And so they would get this, I'm going to be somebody shirt. And uh, then at the end of the camp, if they had a certain number of points, they would get like a black shirt that said, I did it, Jay Robinson camps. And uh, Jay, the guy who run the camps uh, was such a a uh, strict, tough guy that he only will give you one shirt. That's the shirt that he give you at camp. So he's got stories of people like their house burnt down, they lost their shirt and he doesn't send them a new shirt. Like you got one shirt that. And so it really means a lot to these people. And, uh, you know, he's ran into people. We, we went on a staff trip to Mexico It's kind of like an end of the camps trip with all the counselors and stuff. And we ran into somebody who's like, I still have my shirt. My, I did a shirt from like 1980 something, you know, like, um, so I think having a similar system in place, you know, it does mean something to those kids who, who can upgrade their trunks, right? Jason, they talked about, they can get different color trunks and they earn those by reaching certain standards and they get stars and, uh, just having those sort of things, they, they give those kind of thresholds, a lot of meaning. Uh, right. So it, it's very uh, motivational for a lot of those kids to to earn the next higher color trunks, the gold trunks, the purple trunks to get a star for improving. Um, it can really be a great tool, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. For for every all the student athletes uh, watching this, uh, I will we will add all the information about the strong first protocols in the description because they're so, they're so simple. To implement for everyone you know especially now in our in the pandemic we're, we're we're at home and then we go back to school and gyms are closed you can do them everywhere so if you want more information look in the description i really saw someone today that's passionate 
it's it's he's a he he's he's always there for the kids. And we talk always about life skills through sports. You know, that's our podcast. And he does it his way when the kids get better. You know, um, they become owners of their own progress. Um, they become self-aware. And we all want our kids and everyone to be lifelong learners and to be healthy for the rest of their life. So the things he's implementing in his school really benefits the kids. Uh, we got some great tips on how to implement it in our schools um, how to get the administration behind us, the benefits, the social, emotional benefits for the kids. So some great information from Jason um, that, that, he, that he shared with us today. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting for me, especially, you know, how we have P once a week to try mm-hmm. to implement some of these things. But it's like a show off system, but it's not, you know, it's I think at, the kids become very aware that they work for themselves. Um, it's not about the medals. It's about your progress. Um, I really enjoyed him talking about that writing day he has on a Wednesday. Uh, if you've not seen the interview with Dr. Richard Young, please do on our podcast. Uh, he talks about a diary and the benefits of that to become a high performer, and not only in athletics, but just in life in general. Um, so again, a lot of overlap between the interviews. Uh, so I want to thank Jason for taking the time to share his expertise with us today. Um, I hope you got something out of it. Um, and yeah, thank you, Jason. It was a great interview. Yeah, thanks, Jason. And thanks to everyone who's uh, either watching or listening. Um, we are up now on uh, Apple Podcasts and should be up on you know Google and Spotify sometime soon. So if you're watching on YouTube and you'd rather listen on a podcast, check that out. Um, or if you found us on podcasts, but would rather see what uh, Jeff and I look like in real life, you can find us on YouTube, Athletics for Life. Um, So uh, yeah, check those out. And hopefully uh, we're able to reach you in whatever your uh, preferred medium is. So make sure whatever it is, like and subscribe, uh, leave us a review, write some comments down below. Uh, We really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care.